The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? Yeah. Boom, ba-dum, boom, ba-dum, boom, boom, ba-dum, boom, ba-dum, boom. Damn good coffee and hot. Damn good coffee and hot. Good coffee and hot. It's Koa Coffee. Koa Coffee brings you the Mind Dog Coffee with the Dog Show. Good morning, folks. It's Friday. You made it. You made it to Friday, and so did I. Happy birthday to our friend Doug Stanhope today. He's 55 years old today. Uh, Today is Friday, May 25th. March 25th, I'm sorry, March 25th, 2022. Uh, good morning, folks. Um, Friday, yeah, that's what it is. It's Friday, man. Um, you know, at the beginning of the program, there's that little disclaimer that says uh, fact-checking is encouraged. Well, somebody took me up on that, and it turns out I have been wrong and have been fact-checked and corrected. So I need to correct that, the record for, uh, for the record, uh, correct the record for the record, on the record, um, sin is in the Bible. That's what I will say. I, uh, so I was wrong about that. I am. I'm not going to make any excuses here because the excuses don't do. Uh, I think my confusion came from the concept of sin tied to going to hell. Now I don't think hell is in the Bible. Now you can check me on that, and I'm not. I'm. I will say I'm not sure about that, but I don't think it is because all the references that uh, the person who fact-checked me on that stuff uh, talk about uh, a lake of fire being thrown into a pit of fire, a burning furnace, uh, never the word hell. And here's the thing. If you're going to take the Bible as literal word and sin is in there as a literal word, you have to wonder why the word hell is not in there in a literal word. So um, I could be wrong about that. You can fact check me on that too. But I think I'm I think I'm correct on that. I did a little bit of homework on that. I also think that uh, the guy I was talking to uh, was referring to the First Testament. And all the references that came back with the uh, references to sin were from the New Testament. Uh, so uh, there's that. Now, I'm not... Uh, I, should have done more homework on it. Uh, somebody, the same person asked, what Bible do I read? And I was very clear about this. I don't read any Bible. I'm not, I have read the Bible, but I, when, when it happened, when I was forced to read it, I didn't pay close attention and I don't, uh, uh read the Bible on, um, a regular basis. I'm not interested. I think we, I was more interested in the concept of sin and how that guides human beings behavior uh and the list that are made up by man ten commandments and uh seven uh deadly sins and those kind of things those were the things i was interested in they also said get some theologians on the show i had (laughs) people who follow the show should know i've had several uh prominent theologians on and a few 
amateur theologians. Uh, Dave comes to mind. Dave the prophet. Anyway, I got it wrong. Thank you for fact checking me, and I try to be. Uh, I try to be more diligent in doing my homework before I say things. Make sure I have it right. Uh, uh, no, I don't need podcast promotion, Mister LinkedIn. Thank you for being here, though. It was, I appreciate you stopping by to try to sell me something. Uh, I will come to your house and try to sell you stuff now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, Hank Stone will be with us in the 10 a.m. hour. Hank Stone is a friend, uh, songwriter, um, uh, and an all-around good guy. Uh, and so we're taking a little change from having comedians on to having uh, a singer-songwriter on with us today at 10 a.m. Should be an interesting conversation, though. Um, today... Well, let me let me just uh, let me just start by playing a little thing that Carl sent me. Let's just take a minute here, just to play. Mind dog, mind dog, sleep well for the rest of the day. Mind dog, mind dog, stop staying up until four a.m. Mind dog, pay us in MacBooks. Don't stay up till four a.m. or you will die soon. And then how are we gonna get up? MacBooks, please don't die soon. Mind dog. Oh, uh, excuse me there. Well, that's my friend Carl sending me a little uh, motivational uh, video for my uh, Friday morning. Are uh, you looking forward to the weekend? I am. Boy, people, um, people coming by to sell me stuff in in various chat rooms. Oh, I, I like that. Uh, well, you got any um, anything good? anything good to sell because i'm not interested in, in uh uh buying followers and all that kind of stuff um <clears throat> anyway uh today is friday and i'm looking forward to a weekend um and i'm also looking forward to the 10 a 10 a.m hour when hank stone will be with me uh and we'll talk about some of his music and maybe he'll play a couple of songs and like that this morning on my facebook memories you know like that little thing that comes up in Facebook. You're um, from stuff you posted on this date years ago. Uh, found the intro, and if you're familiar with the evening program here, uh, the the actual it, some of this audio is actually incorporated in the Mind Dog TV podcast intro. Now, this is uh, my from my original television show uh, in nineteen. I want to say ninety one. Um, and so the quality is really bad. And we, uh, this is all that a couple of clips survived. This is one of them, uh, very small clips. It was done. Uh, this is done before there was digital video. Uh, I think it was shot on beta, um, and not beta max. And that, that's not what it, beta was a, um, a format for television back in, in the late 80s and, and probably up to 90, 91. Uh, thick cartridges um, that we shot video on. And, but it was shot on beta, but none of that survived. And all I had by after the, the great flood of 92, when I lost almost everything, were really tiny digitized clips. Now, keep in mind that computer, uh, com digital video was in its infancy in that day. So this is posted stamp. Uh, probably most of you are not old enough to remember how bad video, digital video was in the uh, days before anybody had broadband uh, internet. 
And so the quality is really bad. But I just thought it was uh, interesting to see the old intro to my uh, television show from the early 90s. I'm just going to play it really quickly. Oh, Ah. The opinions expressed on the Mind Dog, the Magnificent Show, are those of the guests appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Cablevision, its employees, associates, or your mother. Is everybody ready for the Mind Dog, the Magnificent Show? Start the clock! Three, two, one... couple of things uh, noted in there. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, the phone. The phone had a cord to it. And it was on the bar. A phone. Most of you people probably never even saw one of those before. Some of you youngins. Uh, good morning, Kat. Um, and uh, some of the people... Well, you, I was just explaining. That was the intro to my television show from 1991. Very poor video quality survived. Uh, it was uh, digitized from from old analog tapes back in 1991, 92. So, you know, digital video was in its infancy in those days. People didn't have broadband. So the quality is really bad. The audio has some buzz on it. It was just all that was left after I lost almost everything that I had uh, created up until 1992 uh, with the... Uh, <laughs> the great flood of 1992 jeremy's in the and i can't see his post damn it i can't see his comment oh i saw linda dancing yeah linda was dancing and i was going to mention that the guy who was dancing with linda i think he went to jail uh <laughs> you see two people dancing on the lawn there um glenn goldman's head is in there but the guy who was dancing with linda i believe he went to jail right after <laughs> the show uh aired for the very first time uh just uh some strange stuff there but you get to see dave's face because most people who are familiar with the mind dog tv podcast the show that airs at 8 p.m 
hear that. Is everybody ready for the Bodog the Magnificent Show? Many times, thousands of times now, a thousand times. But now I've never seen his face before. And so it's good to see Dave's face and connect the face on there. Um, the other part of that, Preston Nichols and Al Balick. I've mentioned Al Balick. Uh, he's in that clip just for a second there where I'm sitting at the bar. Uh, Al Balick is the guy who I've mentioned several times on this program, a guy who's claimed to be on the Eldridge, the ship from the Philadelphia experiment, who did a soul transfer, soul split with this guy, Duncan Cameron. And uh, so he's in there. Preston Nichols, the author of the Montauk Project, is in there for just a second. Um, Scott Ross from Blue Ruin, a uh, great guitar player. He's in there for a second. Um, just interesting. 30, 31-year-old video clip. Uh, checking some of that stuff out. Also, uh, all these things started coming up in, in my memories today on Facebook. And it's like, wow, look at how bad some of this video is. But I just thought it would be cool, too. Uh, Look like a skin max ad almost dog. Jeez, what? A skin max ad almost dog. Jeez, <laughs> what do you say, Kelly? I don't know. Uh, you know, it wasn't VHS. It was um, it was good format stuff for the day. Some of it was shot in what was called high eight. Uh, some of it was shot in beta, I believe. Um, it was a home produced show. It, it was what it was, but um. Um, there are so there's another clip I uh, I almost wanted to show you. Uh, I don't know. It's really, really. If if you think that one was rough, uh, maybe this other one would be really rough too. Let me. I'll see if I can load it up in the meantime. <laughs> um, it ha it happened right after. So this is a, a little bit later. This happened right after. Um. Oliver Stone came out with JFK, and this was a commentary on JFK. It was when we were do, still doing the radio show, and here, here, I'll give you the quickest uh, story on this I possibly can. We were doing the radio show, and somehow we were ad-libbing during the daytime pre-production stuff, and we were doing what we used to do was um, somebody would do channel window would window uh spartone <laughs> would uh be shirley uh mclean and at the time shirley mclean was going off the new uh the the uh new age deep end um stuff and she was she was doing a lot of channeling and she was channeling shirley mclean uh she was being shirley mclean uh, doing a bit as shirley mclean channeling uh Lee Harvey Oswald, and I had wrote this poem for uh, for her to say <laughs> that Lee Harvey's ghost had written uh, about how he was innocent, he was a patsy and all this stuff. And then I started uh, spontaneously channeling Jack Ruby, and I <laughs> I killed Shirley MacLaine. Anyway, uh, that night we went and did the radio show, played that bit, and it got it got some decent response and some. Uh, some good laughs out of it and we had an after party after the radio show back at my house and we were jamming and i started playing this the riff for the song and um and then they started uh reading uh, singing the poem that i had written for uh lee harvey oswald what shirley mclean was channeling 
<laughs> Lee Oswald. I had started singing the poem that I had written for uh, Lee Harvey Oswald and it became a song. And then a couple of nights later, we had a video camera still uh, rented from the studio. And Jeremy and Ralph, who's been on the program a couple of times, he's the guy who sounds like Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> um <laughs> They were at the house. We had a drum set set up, but no real equipment. Uh, I had a guitar that wasn't plugged in. Jeremy had an acoustic guitar that had absolutely no strings on it. And Ralph was sitting behind the drums with no sticks, just making believe he was playing sticks. And we did our first music video. It's called Lee Harvey. I'm going to play you this bit, please. Uh, remember, the audio quality, video quality, all of it is from 31 years ago. Not the best quality stuff, but I think it still holds up for humor value. Maybe it does. You'll you'll let me know. There's a sign in Fort Sumner, New Mexico, that points to Billy the Kid's grave. The sign reads, "Where his life ends and the legend begins." That's the way it is with celebrity, especially when a celebrity dies young. There's a price to be paid for being loved by too many people during your life. A sort of perverse immortality where life ends and legends begin. Every generation has its moments, moments in time marked by a celebrity's death. For some, Kurt Cobain, others, John Lennon, Elvis Presley, still others, Bobby Kennedy or Martin Luther King or Marilyn Monroe. The assassination of President Kennedy was for anyone who's old enough to remember it, certainly one of those moments. Here now to ask the musical question, where were you the day President Kennedy was killed, is our musical guest, the Oswalds.
Justin from Dallas, the president has been shot. And that was bad. The president has been shot. for that right there uh <laughs> man it, it, i guess it uh doesn't really <laughs> well, that, well uh, uh the uh, lesson there is um don't leave video cameras around stolen 30 year olds um <laughs> it was what it was anyway um so that uh that was uh just a little bit a little taste of what the mind dog radio show and television show were like back in the day for people who might have been wondering there's not much of it that survived um but it was definitely an interesting uh time <laughs> that's all i will say about that uh hank stone is getting set up he's already here so that's cool stuff expecting uh some happy uh minute with kiara coming up in uh just a bit I'm looking forward to that. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Cold Coffee. You got your cold, 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 cold coffee? You got your cold, 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 cold coffee? I got my cold coffee. You can tell I'm kind of cold coffeeed up a little bit already. Because uh, I wasn't feeling it last night, and I went to bed early. Early, what does that early mean? One o'clock in the morning. That's uh, pre-dad bod dog. Yeah, that was, well, I had a little bit of a uh, dad bod dog uh, going on not grandpa dad uh grandpa dog uh bod which i have now really uh you're being kind when you say dad bod it, what i have now is called the grandpa bod then i was a dad and had a little bit of a dad bod not as much as today i was 30 31 years old when well, about that i guess uh anyway Oh, you're welcome for showing you that. I'm sorry to punish you with that. Uh, that was trying to remind you of public access TV for some reason. For some reason, uh, yeah, it was least access TV, like public access TV. Same deal, Craig. Uh, basically, what least access was, and this was my, this was my way into media. <laughs> um, and the same with radio. Uh, least access radio. That's how I got my radio show. Basically, you buy the time. And sell your own commercials, and so when you do that in on cable vision in those days, they would put you on the same channel as public access, but it was least access. It's a it's a step up in that there's some money get coming in, and you're but you have to do all your production yourself and all that kind of stuff. Uh, anyway, um, and some of the clips, maybe I should play one more because Leo, my buddy Leo, who passed. Um, just about eight and a half years ago, 
um, was an integral part of the radio show and and the uh, television show and did some like impromptu uh, pieces for for the show. Now I don't know which one I want to show you because they're they're not good. <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, what should I do with, with Leo here? Let me let me show you this one. <laughs> Give it a, little, a couple of tastes of what my my best friend Leo was about. Um, try not to judge. Try <laughs> to do, be too judgmental here. Some of your favorite just one teaspoon of semen contains roughly 200 to 300 million sperm. Well, you set off, so you met this woman for the first time, had a couple of drinks with her, and you can't recall anything that happened after. Oh, oh. which wheel? Huh? Wheel, Anna. Wheel. 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 Wheel, Anna. Wheel. Anna. Wheel. Anna. Wheel. Anna. Wheel. Anna. Get down there, boy. Oh, I'm digging myself a deep hole here today, aren't I? Uh, uh, Craig says he found out about Jane's addiction on public access TV. You know, I'll, uh, I'm supposed to have Stephen Perkins on uh, again pretty soon, and I'll ask him about that. I I did not know uh, that they had some um, public access TV stuff in their past. That was, I definitely will ask Stephen about that. Um, Interesting stuff there. I learned something today. Um, Kelly says, okay, you're a gilf, not a dilf. Uh, I get it. Oh, gra- Grandpa, you'd like to fuck? Oh, okay, I get it. Uh, I, <laughs> I had to think about that. Uh, uh, Steve and I used to love public access. Well, I'm sure uh, public access in New York City was different than um, most places in the country. Uh, out on Long Island, you know what? And um, that actually led to me getting into cable vision in some weird way. I made a lot of connections in cable vision, so um, that kind of made a path for me to actually start a career in in one of my careers. Anyway, um, public access was was or least access and public access and all, all of the access channels were a great way to get started in those days. I mean, um, a lot of people um, took that as training uh, for broadcast and, and went from public access, least access, into actual real television, uh, broadcast television, um, paid for television, I want to say. Uh, anyway, those are some of the clips. I hope you enjoyed them, and I hope they weren't too painful to watch. And, and thank you for indulging me in some of these memories. The stuff with Leo, uh, definitely. Um, I'll play you one more, I think. I'm going to play. I can't help myself. Um, if I can find this now, let me see. Uh, let's see. I'm not sure which one it is, though, because I can't tell by the thumbnails. So this could be hot luck here we'll see what we get uh wait can i do this 
No, that I'm just checking these out before I put them up. No, I don't want to put that one up. Um, let's see. No, that's that's how you die. The dying clips. Oh yeah, here you go. This is Leo. It Yeah, so, uh, well, I could get rid of that, remove that. <laughs> um, that kind of stuff was not meant for to be on the television show. We would, uh, Leo's the kind of guy who I would just say, you know, it would be cool if you did a Martian thing and he'd go in the back room and paint himself green and we just start screwing around. But uh, I'd turn on a video camera and say, no matter how bad the quality was, that's going on the show this week. And so that was one of those clips. I uh, saw so, uh, Kiara is in the back uh, end of uh, in of the uh, green room here, and I could see her face as that was on. She was looking at it like, "What the f- <laughs> am I watching?" And so I guess um, if that's the experience now, imagine somebody seeing that on their television in 1991, or just clicking through and and seeing something like that. The uh, what the fuck. <laughs> Uh, we're probably really, really uh, exaggerated. Anyway, Kira's here. Let's uh, let's let's welcome her in. Ooh, and this program, this seg- segment of the program, is brought to you by Fiverr. Fiverr uh, use Fiverr a lot. Fiverr is done, is used for business. It's used for uh, creating stuff. You can get just about anything done starting at $5, it's F-I-V-E-R-R, and there's a link in the description, use our link. Basically, you need a song done, you need a a radio jingle, you need a podcast jingle, you need a website built, you need, what do you need? You need social media management, you need video production, any of those kind of things, and more, graphic design, you name it, Uh, really just about anything. Um, Some of the singers on the um, recent singles that I've... uh, uh, released were from Fiverr. Hired them from Fiverr. You can go on there and starting at $5, get people to do just about anything. This is how desperate people are. Anyway, they are uh, um, sponsoring this segment of the show, and we're happy to have them here. Say hello to the lovely Kiara. Good morning, Kiara. Good morning. Uh, how are you? Happy Friday. Oh, I, oh, no, I don't want to use that one. I don't like that one. That's kind of cool, though, with the little, uh, this is the one I wanted. Happy Friday. Yes, it is Friday. Thank you for reminding me. Happy Friday. How are you today? I'm, I'm good. You seem low energy. You, you seem a little low energy. What happened? You didn't I'm just, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not a morning person. Neither am I. Well, you know what? It you got to get me some a while. Cold- Koa coffee, get yourself some Koa coffee and you'll be full of energy. I need it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have them send you a bag. Do you do you grind bean or do you drink coffee? Are you a coffee drinker? I 
I gave up coffee. <laughs> you gave up but coffee I will try oh, when, when you were pregnant? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, yeah, actually, um, it wasn't because of that. I was drinking coffee while I was pregnant, but the, the heartburn and the jitters. You won't get was... that. With, you won't get that with cold coffee. All you get is a, like a very, um, a very good experience. That's all I'm going to say. Cold Ooh. coffee is the best. Cold coffee is, is premium coffee from Hawaii. It's grown on the slopes of the mountain, a little volcano, handpicked and delivered to your door with aloha, which uh, what I don't know really what that means. Uh, <laughs> It sounds wonderful. It does sound wonderful. But it's really, it's the most amazing coffee you're ever drink. They send it to me because they're sponsors of the show, and I I just just love it. I mean, I'll never drink another coffee ever as long as I live. Wow. That's not true. If I run run out, I will drink (laughs) store brand coffee. Right. Right. Anyway, uh, thank you for being here today. Now, um, you got something really uh, uplifting that will energize both of us here today? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Jeremy says by, hi. By the way, Jeremy's in the chat room. One of the chat rooms. Hi, Jeremy. Says hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm going to switch my stories now because you wanted something uplifting. So. Oh yes. Well, what? Why? What? Do you had something downlifting? I had something funny. <laughs> okay, then bring me funny. I don't care anything. I like you, you... I like things that make me laugh. That's okay. All. Now I got to find it again. Okay, <clears throat> had it open. Okay, so I, I don't have all UPI stories today, but this one happens to be from UPI.com. But I did purposely find other ones for later that weren't from there. Okay, <clears throat> uh, an Ohio woman calls 911 to complain about her KFC order. This made me chuckle. To complain about wait? Her KFC order. Okay. Oh, I forgot to get order nuggets. Go ahead. Uh, okay, that's what I was waiting for. All right. Um, police in Ohio are reminding the public not to call 911 about their fast food disputes <laughs> after a woman used the emergency number to complain about her KFC order. This is exactly <laughs> what she said when she called. I only got four pieces of chicken and I want my chicken, she told the dispatcher. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's great. Uh, I only got four. Uh, has she ordered how many? How many did she order? Uh, she ordered. Uh, she ordered. She just said, "I got four pieces of chicken. I want my chicken." I, I got don't know. four pieces of chicken. I want my chicken. So there's no telling how many chick pieces of chicken she ordered. Uh, Maybe just six wondering pieces. if it's a family order for herself. She got and robbed. She did. Uh, well, she's not going to break the record with four pieces of chicken. I tell no. you that. Nine one one. What? What the hell is wrong with people? Well, you know what? Give her credit for being able to to dial nine one one on her own. <laughs> okay. I mean, it, it sounds like that would be a major accomplishment for somebody who is uh, distraught about their chicken. Well, the, it, it doesn't go into any further detail. Like, did the woman actually call KFC and and say, you know? You messed up my order. Uh, no, she she wanted the cops to handle it. The dispatcher advised the woman that her problem was a civil matter that should be discussed with the store's manager, but she insisted on an officer being sent to the scene. The department said an officer did arrive at the eatery and then told the woman there was nothing he could do about her issue. Oh, w- wait. So she, this was not, she wasn't at home. This was, she was in the store. Yeah. In the, oh, that's a whole different thing. Well, 
I don't necessarily blame her then because she's there. She's already complained to the manager. They're giving her flack. Leo would have done the same thing. My but the green man who you just saw on the, the on green the screen. man. Yeah, he would have done the same thing. He did that to me once at Carvel, and he he set me up. So here's the thing: we went to Carvel. I, I they, we both ordered. They uh start. They brought him his. I put ten dollars on the counter there, and uh, Leo took the ten dollars and put it in his pocket when I wasn't looking. And then the guy came and gave me money and said whatever it was. I said I just gave you ten dollars. The guy said no, you didn't. And I said yes, I did. And the uh, <laughs> Leo said call the cop, call the cops. And the cops came and they wrote up a police report about ice cream not being delivered. And then when we got outside, outside Leo took the ten dollars out of his pocket. Like here, I I'm like you. <gasps> <laughs> what that's that is so do, cruel i know he was a weird guy but i love him i loved him but uh this is what he would do that kind of stuff to me all the time like in school uh it, it, we'd be sitting there goofing around high in in class and the teacher would ask you know uh, if, uh, a question and he would grab my hand and throw it up he goes i know <laughs> i'm there like <laughs> And the teacher would call him. I like what? Uh, I don't know anything. I'm, I'm stone. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's the kind of guy he was. Anyway, well, that's an interesting story. I don't know. I'm kind of I kind of on the fence now, changing my mind on this woman's side, because she was at KFC and probably I'm assuming she argued to the manager first, and they said, "Well, you know, wonder what she ordered though. It doesn't say what she ordered. Maybe She's got she four ate." Pieces. Maybe she ate the chicken, then they saw her eat the chicken. Because why wouldn't they give her more chicken if they messed up her order? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Because so, some people, sometimes they just get obstinate. And, you know, depends on the who's managing these places and their attitude. Some people just got bad attitudes, man. They do. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I would say yeah. stay away from KFC to begin with. And all uh, fast food. All fast food is so bad for you. Don't do it. I, I was just about to order nuggets, 20 nuggets to go. This is different. You have to order the nuggets. Can I order these online, by the way, if I can? Or or I, maybe yes. I'll make a phone. Can I, I get them? Th this is why I woke up this morning. I wanted to see you cram 20 <laughs> so, nuggets in your <laughs> Man, you're, you're setting your expectations on life pretty low. Uh, but, okay, <laughs> I will see if I can get them delivered here by, by the next hour when you come. Uh, I will definitely make an effort to do this right now. I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to make some phone calls or uh, see if I can order it online right now. And so by the time you get back, maybe I'll be able to. I'm a little scared about this, to be honest with you. I've oh, never, it's I've, nothing. Come on. No, I, I've never eaten a nugget before. And I'm, I'm afraid that uh, it might really screw up my, my – because I'm old. I don't have the um, – digestive system that i had when i was 30 i wouldn't be scared about this at all but eating 20 nuggets in a minute um might screw me up for days but fortunately i will have a weekend to recover but i don't think it's gonna be nice <laughs> oh, anyway Party thanks, too hard yeah thanks thanks for delivering the uh chicken news uh, and we'll see you in an hour hopefully i'll have nuggets uh when you come back now where's your hopefully. outro piece all right see you later Bye. It's the happy minute. Are you happy now? Uh, did that make you happy? Are uh, you ready to order chicken? Let's see if I can order order McDonald's online. Order Mc.
And uh, will I be able to order 20? Order McDonald's delivery now. Order now. Order now. Come on. Uh, What do I want to go with? Let's see. I, I'll share the screen. See what. See if I can do this, so you can watch what I'm doing. For if you're interested in what I'm doing here, I, I might have to put credit card numbers in, so I have to block it in. <laughs> uh, well, I want to go with Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub, or Postmates. Uh, let's go with Uber Eats. I don't know. I just don't know. If if you're uh, confused, I'll put my address in here so people can see where I live. Actually. If you, I'm gonna have to. Um, Valentine Road from New York. That's me. Uh, can I sign in? Do I have a what? Do I have some kind of account here? Do I enter your phone number? Uh, well, you all know my phone number. I don't have to be shy about this. Uh, ah, it's not going through. Six. By the way, phone lines are open right now. If you want to call it, no, is it six four six four? Not four six four six. Six four six four. Um. Put in a code they sent to me. Eh. Uh. What is my code? Oh, I got to do a password now. Come on, man. This is just too much. Too much work. All right, you can't see my password, folks. I need these nuggets, man. This is for this is show business. That's probably the wrong password. How about we try? All set. I'm all set. I'm signed in. I don't know how that worked. I don't have an account here, do I? Uh, so breakfast. No, I want lunch, right? I want lunch. Uh, no. Nuggets, twenty-piece nuggets. This is what I want right here. Um, eight. It's not available. Unavailable. Damn it. Forty-piece nuggets. Is that available? No. No, I can't order the, the nuggets. Damn. So, if you're wondering what that was all about, woman uh, who seems to be a professional eater or something set a record on her uh, live stream the other day for eating nineteen nuggets. In one minute, and I was going to attempt to break the record. Now, uh, I don't think they actually. I think they only do breakfast. This was my my in the morning. I thought I don't think they do like nuggets and burgers and stuff. Gotta get them. Gotta get them nuggets. Uh, the only way I'm going to be able to do this is the night before. I'm going to have to go and uh, I, see. Now that makes fast food even worse because if you refrigerate this stuff overnight and then heat it up, the Fat content is just going to increase in the microwave or whatever, make things even worse. For an old man like me, uh, it's just not good for a digestive situation. Can I get an egg and cheese biscuit and some hash browns? Cat says, I would I would get that for you. I would have that delivered to you. Absolutely. Uh, what is Craig having? No lunch until 1030. Thank you. I wish I would have known that. Um, you live in the doghouse. Uh so <laughs> I'm ordering for everybody. Can you deliver all across the United States and parts of uh, the UK and even Denmark? Uh, 
<laughs> where people are. Uh, and we have some people in Australia. And let me just check the Russian numbers today. Woo! Look at Russia. The VK Network has 96 people watching today. Uh, I guess the... I guess this is all they can get. They must be really hungry for entertainment over on the um, other side of the world there, the far side of Russia, um, because it 96 people. What the hell? Do you even speak English? Uh, and I guess, I don't know. Uh, maybe they're getting this. How are they even getting this? If their internet has been shut down, how are, how come I have so many people in Russia watching this show? Uh, it's just confusing because you would think if their internet is up, they could still watch RT or any of the Russian language programming that they get. But man, the last two weeks we've been getting a lot of traffic from Russia. They are, they, I don't think they have a chat room on this VK platform where all the Russians are. Uh, I've had a couple of, uh, that guy Mark from Russia has been on YouTube, but we haven't seen him this week. So I'm wondering if they cut off um, their internet completely to those people. YouTube might be banned from YouTube, so they can't get the real news and really know what's really going on. Uh, but again, uh, and, you know, I'm sure Hank, when he comes in in, in a, a moment or two, uh, he probably has some strong opinions about what's going on over there. Mine, as you well know, I've been talking about this all week. People, I've been talking about it for a, more than all week, for a couple of weeks now. People are optimistic, hopeful that this thing is going to end quickly. And every day goes by, I'm like, see, I told you, I told you so. It's not going to end quickly. Wars, invasions don't end quickly. Uh, and if you think Putin is going to give up because things aren't going well, you don't know how long you don't, you're not taking account how long he's been planning this, looking forward to it, uh, been a long time in the making. So to think he's going to give up after a month or two, I just don't see it happening folks. And I, I'd love to be an optimist. I'd love to see, uh, a, quick ending to this with a positive ending for the people of Ukraine and for the citizens of Russia, the people of Russia who don't deserve to be sending their uh, young people to go die in a needless war. Uh, just a, a, a hopeful outcome for all of them, but not optimistic. I don't, I could see it lasting years. I can definitely see it lasting years, maybe even a decade or more because uh, history has shown us uh, if you go back to the United States and Vietnam, if you go back to Russia and Afghanistan, if you go back to the United States and Afghanistan and Iraq, uh, these things don't resolve themselves quickly. They don't end quickly, and they usually end with the invading force uh, putting their tail between their legs and running home eventually. And that's that's the way I think this is going to go, but I don't think it's going to be a quick ending. Anyway, sorry to bring you down. It's Friday. We should be happy, right? I should be focusing on happy news. Um, I don't know why. Oh, I brought that up because we have so many people in Russia watching. And I wish they could somehow comment and get some. But they're, they're, uh, the platform they're on this VK uh, does not have a chat room attached to it. So we don't really know what they're thinking. You can write to me at info at minddogtv.com, my Russian friends, and tell me what you think uh, about this whole situation. And uh, why the hell are you watching me? <laughs> But I do appreciate you coming by every day. Anyway, um, 
Looks like Hank is almost ready. Where'd he go? No, he was there. Hank, you there? Yeah. Hank Stone is a singer-songwriter from uh, Long Island, New York. I got a quick little story about Hank uh, that I want to share. Mikey, the lead singer in my band, uh, he's not thought of as a guy who ever has stage fright or gets nervous. I've seen him nervous twice in my life. And one of those times was uh, at an event we played in, I want to say 2003, uh, at a place called Munchaba in, I believe that's like Hicksville or Wanto, somewhere on Long Island, or, or uh, um, one of those towns in Nassau County. And uh, the event was a fundraiser for an organization called Prune Belly. And I had signed up to be part of this fundraiser, uh, acoustic duo. I signed me and Michael, Mikey up. And we got there a little bit early, and there were some really good acoustic solo and duo acts. And we had never, we hadn't done any of that kind of work before. We only had done full band stuff. And Mikey was seeing these really fine singer-songwriters and duos go up. And was starting to get really nervous. And I had never seen him that kind of nervous before. And then we went backstage uh, and Hank Stone was there and he was tuning up his guitar and Mikey uttered the words, oh, Hank Stone's here. Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> and I remind him of that. Uh, so Hank Stone is a uh, calming force in, in nature, at least for Mikey anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears and uh, help me welcome in uh, the fabulous aforementioned Hank Stone. Hank, welcome. Hi, glad how, to be here. How, how you doing? I'm fine. I'm, you know, I'm up earlier than, well, about the same time as usual, except I had to scramble and get stuff together for once. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Well, thank you for doing that. Uh, you, you know, we still had another 10 minutes, but I saw you back there. I figured you looked ready, so I would bring you in now. Um, uh, you're busy these days or, or you know, you I'm know. starting to get busy again, you know, because we had two years of almost nothing, you know. Right. Yep. You were all, everybody's well aware of that. But last summer we came out and did a couple of outdoor shows. I have a trio that I've been working with, the South Country String Band, and I did a few solo things. And uh, and we did start doing stuff in the fall, and then the Omicron came out, and we started, we just cut that. I think December was our last show. We do a, a regular show at a restaurant in Belport and, so, uh, every month. And we, are you we convinced started... that this thing is really? Uh, you mentioned Omicron, the last, uh, the last variant. I guess. Are you convinced that this thing is finally over, or or, or about to be over? I don't think it's over, but I think we, you know, we we should be cautious. And I think, uh, you know, there's always possibility of new variants coming up. And uh, though we do feel safe, I don't feel like everybody's safe. You know, there's people yeah. that are still have uh issues medical issues and they're more uh susceptible so we ought to protect each other you know i remember years ago we used to see pictures of uh over in asia japan and, and china people walking around with masks on just you know because they had a cold and they didn't want to infect anybody or or flu or something and that was normal for them and you know here all of a sudden when we had a real crisis where you know people were dying from this stuff and everybody said no, i can't wear a mask you can't make me wear a mask you know it's like I it's it's I understand the issues that they have, but I mean, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my, you know, I have a flashback to almost almost two years ago exactly because uh, I think the lockdown for us started on March thirteenth, uh, twenty twenty, 
And uh, I remember going to a grocery store, and the first per- first time I saw a person wearing a mask in the a grocery store, I said, "Well, that's a bit of an overreaction, isn't it?" And I, like I I couldn't imagine that uh, I would be doing that. And I was like, "Man, look at these people wearing a surgical mask. That's uh, oh, that you know that's that." And then all of a sudden, everybody was doing it. Now I would say I don't like wearing a mask, but I I. totally respect the intent behind it and all that kind of stuff and if i don't want to wear a mask and it's required in some place i don't go in there i consciously say i'll stay home because i don't i'm not comfortable wearing a mask i think that's the attitude people should take rather than i'm just gonna uh go fight people who are wearing masks and that crazy stuff i mean that that's just silly so um i was talking about ukraine and i don't want to uh uh, go crazy on this stuff, but yeah, I, I'm sure because I've known you for 15 years now or more, and you've always had uh, a, an interest in politics and what's going in world affairs and that kind of stuff. You, you have some thoughts on what's going on in Ukraine right now? Uh, it's a terrible thing. I mean, we you know we can't say we didn't see it coming. A lot of people have been warning about Putin for decades. You know, right. they, they knew what he was about, and uh, I don't understand the logic of it from his point of view what does he stand to gain you know from mindless destruction and, and killing you know and there's there's got to be if, if they wanted the land because there's factories and and farmland and stuff well they're destroying the whole place you know you're spending all this money to destroy it and then you're going to have to spend more money to repair it if you if you do take over the country which is not likely at this point yeah, it, and not not to mention what he's doing to his own people. You know, throwing them in prison if they dare to protest in any way. So it, it, there's no way he can last. I mean, it's just going to drag on for much longer than it should, and uh, a lot of a lot of suffering, needless suffering. So, and it's hard to for us to say what we can do. You know, besides offering the support we can you know sending supplies and stuff but as far as getting into a world war that's no it's it's so crazy yeah uh you know what i think the problem is when people like you and i try to apply logic to insane people it just doesn't work there's no there is no logic you're right uh so what he hopes to gain whatever is in his mind could be just ego i heard somebody um conjecture uh the conjecture was that it's just interested in restoring the empire because russia is a country uh with ukraine they're an empire and and that's all he's concerned about but to your point yeah he's going to destroy part of it and have to rebuild it um so there is no logic behind the guy he's just crazy and uh this is what fear does to people is that you know they're afraid to confront him on this and every like I, i guess because nobody's nobody's uh, immortal. Nobody is is above being killed. If you know, like that uh, Michael Corleone line: "If history has taught us anything, it's that you can kill anybody." Uh, <laughs> but they just seem to be think like he's like um, Im, you know immune to being taken out and all. I'm just afraid of him, living in fear of the man. So. Um, but you heard my comments. Do you think it will be, cause a lot of people are just like optimistic that this thing is going to end quickly. Are you all on the side of that? I, I like, I'm generally optimistic, but in this case, I find it very difficult, you know? Yeah. You've and, lived, uh, you've lived through what I've lived through, which is Vietnam, uh, Soviet invasion of Afghanistan, <laughs> American invasion of Afghanistan. These things never end quickly. Afghanistan was supposed to be over 
Uh, they even called it over in, mission accomplished in in a month and a half or three months or whatever mm-hmm. it was. <laughs> but just you know, twenty years later, we were like still there. So yeah, I don't. So um, uh, writing now, uh, I know I have a song of yours that it's it's not really a video; it's a picture with the music behind it, uh, which is a political song. Are you, are you writing a lot of political stuff these days, or no? Uh. Not really, not really. I've, uh, you know, in beginning of 2017, after Trump took office, a lot of people were coming to me, knowing my proclivities on the left side of the uh, aisle. Uh, you gonna write a Trump song? You gonna write a Trump song? And I was like, do I have to? You know, I didn't right. want to give him any more, you know, FaceTime than he, you know, he was, uh, you know. And if I did write anything, it would be obsolete in a week because it'd be a new scandal or something, you know, and. And I said, you know, there was a lot of people doing that. So I said, let me find something positive. So, uh, yeah, early 2017, I wrote this song. Um, and I, I said, let me concentrate on the issues. And one of the big issues, of course, was, you know, he was trying to ban all Muslims from entering the country and stuff. And I said, well, this is what America's about, letting people escape tyranny and, you know, hard things, that, hard uh, problems at home and come find a new life in America and, you know, the Statue of Liberty and all this. So... I started writing from the point of view of some refugees and um, and new citizens and everything, and realized you know we're all children of people immigrants. Yep. You know, almost yep. all of us. I mean, there might be a few Native Americans here, but I doubt you know there's too many of those left anymore. But so we're all this is our story, and uh, yep. so I wrote yep. this song called uh, "This Is My Country." All right, you want me to play that now? Why don't I play that now? Since we just talked about it and gave people an idea about it, I'll That's play that good, now. And we'll good come segue. Back. I was not born here, but this is my country I work with my neighbors, I am a part of a community I send a little money back to my family This is my country I was not born here But this is my country I love the Constitution I used to dream about democracy My children were born here We're an American family I was not born here But this is my country This is my country Just as sure as it is yours it's a land of bridges and opening doors. This is my country. I heard the lady in the heart call, proclaiming liberty and justice for all. I was not born here, but this is my country. There are givers and takers in every society. I paid was not born here, but this is my country. Ask me and I will tell you about my flight from tyranny. I lost my home, 
But I kept my humanity I was not born here But this is my country This is my country Just as sure as it's yours It's a land of bridges And opening doors This is my country I heard the lady in the harbor call Proclaiming liberty Justice for all I was not born here But this is my country Every family Knows its history I think I heard Your great-grandfather telling me I was not born here But this is my country I take my oath Nobody will disagree I was not born here But this is my country Excellent, excellent stuff. Okay. Uh, all right. Now, uh, who are the voices? Who are the other voices besides yours on there? I hope I can remember everybody. We had uh, Suzanne Ernst, um, Yvette Torres Albano, Patricia Shee, um, Mar- uh, Martha Trachtenberg, Ben Diamond, John Goldstein is in there a little bit, um, Toby Tobias. Wow. I, yeah, I'm leaving somebody else out there. It'll get to it. <laughs> we have I, I, haven't, eight, eight, hmm? I haven't seen Toby in 15 years. Uh, oh, wow. So that's a uh, familiar name. Now, uh, and I was a, a big fan of his, and I got to know him around the same time I got to know your music. Uh, it's interesting stuff. There's Todd Evans is not on that. Recording. No, no. Uh, the electric guitar is all uh, Mike Nugent. Okay. Um, we we recorded it at his studio, and uh, it was a fun session. We got together to do all the, the vocals. Everybody sang the whole song, and then we pieced it together like we are the world. You know, everybody right. took a verse. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's a it's a, a a good song, and I you know I bring up. Uh, this whole idea that sometimes, and I, I, you know, this is not a popular uh, thing to say in America, but sometimes people who are here on purpose are more uh, better citizens than the people who were born here just because they actually in are in Americans with intent. They came to America to be Americans, and and some some of us just take it for granted. If you're born here, you never have that thought. Well, I need to be. I want to be in America. You know that we take it for granted. So sometimes, and a, a lot of times, I would say, people who will come here with the intent of being Americans end up being better uh, citizens of the country than people who, who were born here. Well, true. If they want to become a citizen, they have to take a test. They have to study all that stuff. And a lot of us did supposedly get that in school, but not everybody and not everybody paid attention or cared. But if you had a, you know, if you wanted to be a citizen, you had had to learn what this country was really about. So yeah. they are better citizens in a way. We got a couple of comments in the chat room. First of all, uh, somebody said you, you're uh, uh, Pete Seeger's great grandson. Actually, oh, wow. <laughs> the the truth is Hank is Sly uh, Sly Stone's father. Uh, you just <laughs> uh, and then uh, 
uh, Kat says the uh, song has a great message, very nice. And then she says, wait, I knew Toby Tobias. Was he a pastor? No. <laughs> Not a pastor. Toby Tobias, interesting, was talking about immigrants. Uh, he was born and raised in uh, South Africa. South Africa. And when he became, you know, of age, he was uh, horrified by what was going on there with the apartheid. And uh, he was would have been conscripted into the armed forces to help enforce that. And he had more than no part of that. So he emigrated to Israel. And lived there for many years, and eventually came to the United States and is now a citizen. And uh, so uh, he's a wonderful songwriter too. He's been doing really a lot of stuff lately with a band. He's got horns and oh, what a really wow! Nice stuff. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I I was always a fan of his work. I featured him on one of the shows I did at Belmore Theater, and I remember very distinctly he he was telling a story about South Africa, and some guy in the front row yelled out, "Uh, too many N words," and, and uh, like. And that guy is now uh, all over Facebook, and he's uh, he's on my friends list. And he always, he's a very right wing uh, guy, and I I don't let him ever forget that. I just kind of you, you're the guy who t- who yelled out too many n words uh, to my friend Toby, and don't don't ever tell me you're not a racist. <laughs> so. Uh, that's one of the, but Toby was a, a, a still is, I guess, a great songwriter and uh, unique because the flavor of his music it was really hard to put a, a label on it. Like, is this is this folk? Is this uh, jazz? I don't know what it. You know, it, it was really hard to put a label on. Do you, when, when it comes to labels, I know you have um, put out albums that are folk centric, but do you consider yourself a folk? A singer-songwriter, or or more than that. It's so hard when people ask you for you know what what style are you because I I grew up basically listening to AM radio in the early '60s, so I'm a pop you know singer first. You got to tell the story in two and a half or three minutes, and you know make it make it people who hear it. And uh, then I kind of went into you know all the rock, the FM rock underground stuff, the San Francisco and the English British invasion, and all that you know from Beatles on down. Dylan, you know, and then I kind of backed up into folk music. I learned a lot about, you know, uh, Woody Guthrie and all that stuff. And uh, it's so hard to uh, to find one thing. You know, I, of course, I listen to a lot of everything, jazz and blues and country. And so there's a little of everything in my stuff. And uh, overall, I'm just an acoustic singer-songwriter. And occasionally I have a band with me, you know, and... Uh, yeah, you know, so and the, the band you have, uh, that, uh, is Todd still playing with you or no? Is it Todd, who? Todd Evans. Is he yeah, still Todd. Pro- we we do occasional things. The, the full Hank Stone band is Todd Evans, um, Mike Christian, and Gary Sedaticato on the drums, and um, we haven't played in about two years now, uh, partially because of COVID. But we had uh, we may be getting some more gigs. But meanwhile, I, in the past two years, I started working with a trio. We called ourselves the South Country String Band. Uh, it's uh, Larry Sribnik and uh, Greg Smith, and we do some really nice harmonies and stuff. We do about half and half originals and half uh, covers. You know, a little John Denver, a little uh, Beatles, a little, uh, you know, whatever people seem to like, and we try to keep it light. And we play at restaurants and uh, farm stands and you know, getting out there. Library shows, we did some nice stuff. Oh, South so Country I, Library I, down there? Cause you just call we haven't it played South- there yet with that. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, well, that's in our general area. We're down in, uh, in the Bellport area, Bellport and Brookhaven, Mastic. I almost and, moved uh, there a couple of years ago. Uh, really nice area. I love that area. Um, yeah. So, uh, 
the restaurant work is all is all good. I, I love that stuff. Uh, but right now, I'm wondering about what's going to happen this summer because generally, this is the time when work starts picking up. But with a lot of what's going on with the economy right now, people aren't going out, and I'm just wor- worried about venues will start to pull back. But then I remember a lesson my mom taught me. She said, you know, during the Great Depression, the one business that thrived was entertainment. People always need entertainment. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, because it, it, one of the comedians I was talking to this week talked about how pay hasn't increased in in the in its lifetime, and he's only been doing it twenty years. You know, for bands, the pay for musicians hasn't really increased in fifty, almost fifty years. <laughs> I've been doing it, still getting paid the same per gig as we were then. <laughs> so, just an interesting thing. Uh, Craig says I could see Willie doing that song. Your voice on that song, especially, comes through with that. Um, soft approach that Willie has to singing his songs, like very easy. Not like you're not um, you're not straining yourself at all to do that song. You're not like and and Willie has that style. Has have anybody made those comments that vocally your style? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. When I first started uploading music to uh, the internet, there was a site called GarageBand. It's not the Apple program. Right, I remember that. that. Yeah, and uh, they had a thing people could review your music and then make comments and stuff so i got a lot of comments and quite a few people said you sound like you're from texas <laughs> which i never heard but i'll take that because there's a lot of great songwriters from texas you know willie nelson and uh uh guy clark and uh, oh you know uh, well, i love uh, it uh, yeah, uh, yeah yeah uh robert earl keen yeah i could go down right. the list of those guys you go too. on and on there's yeah so many, yeah and uh you know willie is one of my heroes so i keep saying you know i may not never sell a million records a million seller myself but if Willie were to record one of my songs, I'd be very happy, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I've always been a uh, big fan of yours uh, as far as your songwriting, your singing, and uh, I think you're an underrated guitarist, and your style of playing guitar is different than anybody I've ever seen play guitar because you, you play like a lead rhythm kind of when you're doing your acoustic solo stuff finger picking but not what not like travis picking it's it's a different kind of picking where did you learn that unique style you're self-taught uh pretty much you know i i years ago i would just strum and uh i thought to myself i should learn finger picking but i'm kind of lazy and i didn't want to you know sit down and (laughs) take the time to you know thumb finger finger thumb finger finger you know so I just eventually started doing it. In fact, at one point, I was working a late shift. I got home at 1 in the morning, and the family would be sleeping. So I, if it was uh, warm out, I'd go and take the guitar to the park and just play quietly under the stars. But uh, then it was too cold. I'd stay in the house. I'd play in the furthest part of the house from everybody else and play very quietly, and I didn't use a pick. I would just kind of stroke with my fingers on the strings, and I developed that style and uh, just developed from there. So I don't know what to call it, but uh, people seem it's to like the it. the Hank Stone picking method. 
We're going to put out a book for it today. Uh, $9.95, uh, use your discount code MindDogTV. Now, are you going to play, uh, are you set up to play a couple songs for us I today? I sure am. I hope the sound comes out through. But um, are you taking it. requests or are you you're just playing what you have on your set list? <laughs> well, I don't know if anybody's watching that would know what I play. That I do. Well, I, I had, okay. uh, well, there are a couple of songs of yours and they're probably older ones. I want to hear whatever you have, have set okay, up for us. I'll but play one it, and then you can, uh, you can, yeah. uh, Okay. Suggest something. So this was on my second album. came out in uh, 2012. Um, and I kind of based the lyrics on an old blues song. But I think it's okay because I put the guy's name in the title. It's called Robert Johnson New. Okay, let me solo you. Hold on. There you go. Can you hear that all right? It could be just a little bit louder if you could... Okay. Better? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I followed her to the station. Suitcase in my hand. Tried to have a conversation. But there were no words at my command. Cause it's hard to tell and it's hard to tell When all your love is in vain I didn't know how I felt until I saw that train But Robert Johnson knew Robert Johnson knew Robert Johnson knew what's in my heart When the train came in the station I looked her in the eye I fought off the temptation To tell her another lie Cause it's hard to tell And it's hard to tell When all your love is in vain I didn't know how I felt Until I saw that train But Robert Johnson knew Oh, Robert Johnson knew Robert Johnson knew what's in my heart That train crosses a bridge To nowhere that you want to be You pay your fare And you get no guarantee When the train left the station It had two lights on behind Blue light was my blues And you know the red light was my mind Cause it's hard to tell and it's hard to tell When all your love is in vain I didn't know how I felt until I saw that train. But Robert Johnson knew. Hey, Robert Johnson knew. Robert Johnson knew what's in my heart. Robert Johnson knew. 
Oh, Robert Johnson knew what's in my heart talking i can't hear you Mute me. Muted there again. i am i was <laughs> muted very cool stuff i appreciate that uh now that that because you you hit uh one note that seemed pretty high in there you deceptively high your range is uh do you think think about your range at all uh and where where you because i'll tell you from what i'm thinking here i write songs and i always think I have to play with the key after I write the song. So I write a song in one key and say, I can't do this vocally, and then kind of change stuff around. Uh, do you do that, or, or do you just leave it as you wrote it? Um, most of the time, I leave it as I wrote it. Occasionally, uh, my good friend Bob Westcott is my good advisor. <laughs> and a couple of times, I bring him a song, I, I play it in G, and he'd say, hmm, put a capo on two. You know, go up a oh. little bit. Because you know, now, sometimes I have the lower part of my register is not as powerful. So I'll bring it up a little bit. And, uh, there was a couple of songs I wrote back in the eighties and nineties that I might've written them in key of G say, and then by the time I didn't feel I could project enough. So I brought them up three frets or five frets, you know, and, um, I recorded some of them that way. And now I realize they might be a little too high and I, <laughs> well, as you as get older, older I'm, I'm losing the yeah, top end a little more. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I always play around it. I might change things around, you know, bring it up or down a little bit. I never had any top end to begin with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I appreciate that. Now you mentioned the word capo, and I, I have to talk to you about this because you were the first guy that I ever saw, and I know you. There were people who came before you who influenced you on this, but you were the first guy who ever. Uh, I saw using like multiple capos and and all these weird tunings and stuff. Are you still doing experimenting with all that kind of oh, stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is one of the things. It's, see, it's short on the top. It's only got it only covers three strings. And that was I was first introduced to this back in uh, 2007, and I was like, "What is that? How is that supposed to work?" You know. But <laughs> generally, you put it on the most people just use it on the second fret, and it's like. Oh, cool! Play a D chord, you gotta. Well, it's like an open F, right? Right? Or, or wait, it's, E, yeah. Well, it's an open. It's like an open D or like a drop D. Right. Because, but you can still go to your regular chords here. Play a G chord, and it, you didn't change the tuning on the string, so it's good. This is all shop talk for the musicians. But, uh, yeah, they they know what you're talking about. But that's so cool. Uh, but writing does it does with that stuff. Does it ever get confusing? Like, because especially when you go to open tunings, like I still try to think like like a music theory guy. And when when I'm in open tunings or capos and stuff, all of a sudden I'm like I'm thinking too much in writing. Is that? <laughs> Does that happen to you? Well, that was the blessing of this. Um, I don't have to think about, oh, well, what's, you know, where's, what note is that? What's the, uh, where's the fourth going to be? And, you know, um, I, I kind of just think in terms of shapes, you know, and I'll, I'll put my fingers in a certain place. I said, well, now if I move over two strings, I got to change one finger. And I don't even, and then when I started bringing some of these out to the band, they say, well, what are you, what, what chord is that? And I'd have to think, <laughs> let's see, there's a G down there and there's a, 
a B flat, and I don't know. You know, you figure it out. What, play whatever sounds good. I'd say, you know. So you I, I'm brutal like that to bass players because uh, I put capos <laughs> on and and just assume that they're going to be able to transpose stuff. And some of the funny, you should mention the first time I ever saw anybody use a partial capo it was a band out in Riverhead at some kind of showcase, and the bass player put a capo on just the top three strings. He had the low E open, so it was like a drop D kind of thing. Wow. And I just wow, he's playing the open string down there. And I just filed that away, and it was only maybe five years later that I got in- introduced to this. But let me wow. show you. Most people just use it like on the second fret, but I've gone up here to the seventh fret. We put it here. So we've got some open strings. And then the wow. other three there in the seventh fret. So I might learn a pattern like this. And a lot of people look at it and you go, how's he playing below the capo? Yeah, that's exactly my thought right now. How How's that happening? And then I go up on the top. But but Hank, why does it work below, uh, below the capo? It's magic. <laughs> some of the strings are not covered by the capo, so... Yeah, but you're playing strings that are. Yeah, you're right? playing the ones you're playing them all. Yeah. It's like having extra fingers up here. Wow, that's bizarre. <laughs> Pretty. And then cool I decided, stuff. well, kind of go all the way up to the eleventh fret. And I try something like this. Very cool stuff. Up on the top. Ooh. Awesome. It opens up a whole world of possibilities uh, that, that yeah. you don't have. Pretty cool stuff. So that, that's in the back of my uh, my plans. I'm trying to eventually do a whole album of that, all instrumental pieces like that. And uh, Capo and, Regime. The Capo Regime album. Yeah, Capo Regime. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it's, are you uh, as prolific as you were 15, 20 years ago when I, when I was uh, seeing you play quite often? Yes, quite. Um, I generally write, you know, maybe 30, 40 songs a year, maybe more. I don't know. Not all good ones. <laughs> of course not. You know, that, you know Rick Beato, I, I was watching him the other day. Rick Beato, for people who don't know, is a uh, music theorist, a, a, a former producer, a guy who teaches music theory on YouTube. And he was talking about, he pulled up a hard drive. He said, you know, I have... Uh, 15 albums on this, full albums of different groups I've recorded on this album of songs that nobody ever did anything with. They never even made it to record companies for submissions or any of this stuff. And he was talking about how many of those songs are in the universe that people have written, even done some production work on or demo tapes of on hard drives and tapes and every kind of format anywhere, just 
that never went anywhere. Nobody's ever heard and nobody ever will. How many songs there are that are just in the universe that we don't get to hear. Never mind the billions of songs that are on Spotify and, and Apple right. Music now and all that stuff. It's just incredible. And I was yeah, asking... Yeah, I was asking... Uh, Some of the biggest hits, you'll hear them thousands of times, you know. Right. <laughs> and there's a yeah. lot of thousands of songs that are better that you never hear. So. Yeah, right, That's and all, all we music. hear is like the Taylor, Taylor Swift and Kanye West and the stuff that, you know, people push on, upon us. But there's so much well, good I, music. I don't even listen to that stuff anymore. I don't even go near the, the pop charts anymore, basically. If you, I hear the names, but I, wouldn't, I couldn't tell one from another a lot of times. I just... I kind of zero in on our local people and uh, stuff that I've, you know, the, the better people. I know fans like Wilco that I love, you know, and uh, right. they're doing, yeah. they're trying to do something different, you know. I don't ever turn on terrestrial radio at all. And even, you know, part, part of the challenge is even if you go on like some streaming services is finding stuff, the good stuff, because there's so much crap out there. Well, if, you know, you mentioned local, but, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, look for any new artists on the streaming. Nathan, Nathaniel Rat, Rate, Rateliff is one of my a guy I found on the streaming services, but that took two years of just digging for something. I looking for a new artist I could get wrap my arms around. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do a lot of searching for new music or no? I don't. You know, I'm on Spotify and I get a, a, every week they send me a playlist of stuff I might be interested in. It's, you know, maybe it's Willie Nelson's new record or. Uh, you know, some repackaging of the stones and stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff happening. So it, it's good. It keeps me in, you know, like I'll see um, established artists that I know, like uh, John Hyatt. And um, yeah, I love he just John. did um, a record with, oh, now I'm trying to think, Bluegrass People or kind of what? Oh, who's the um, the steel player, um, Dobro? Uh, uh, it'll come to me later, but but they did yeah. a record, and uh, you know they bring up one song each week, and oh, wow, that's a good song. Oh, there's another good song. So I was, you know, back in the day, I would run to the store and buy it, but you know, there's no stores anymore, and you can't even <laughs> you wait. You don't want to. You can download it and listen to it immediately. So, so, I, but it it gets kind of gets lost in the shuffle because next week something more stuff will come out. Right. So I'm trying to concentrate on my own stuff, and those are my friends. And that's the other thing that's been happening. You talked about how many being prolific a lot. Uh, lately, last year, our my friend Ben Diamond started a group on Facebook. There's about two dozen of us on there, and every couple of weeks he gives a prompt, and we write a song based on that, and we get together on a Sunday evening, sharing our songs, you know, and to watch people grow, you know, there's some people who I maybe didn't think much of as a writer, but over the course of the year, wow, they came up with some good stuff, and you see how creativity works. It's like you know. You start off with nothing and you get somewhere. I think back to my first songs. I don't want anybody to hear those. <laughs> wow, that's interesting that you said it because I was going to ask you next because uh, you were very prolific when I was seeing you play quite often part of those uh, Yahoo groups. For people who don't know, Yahoo used to have music, uh, gr- you know, groups, where, forums and stuff. And that's where I first uh, found out about Hank and I would go to see him at local shows and stuff. And we're talking 20 years ago, you know, beginning of the before uh, social media before most social media sure uh and you were 
pretty prolific then, but I wanted to ask you, like those songs that I fell in love with that you that you wrote, do you still play them? Like, could you, if I pull, if I mentioned the song that you did 15, 20 years ago, uh, do you still play them off enough to, to remember them and, and keep them in your rotation? Because I, I can't play some of my old songs. I forget the words <laughs> of my own songs and chords of my own songs. Uh, most of them, yeah, most of them I will remember. I'll be, you know, I do keep some of them in rotation if I'm doing a, a, a solo show. Um, in fact, what I, my other project I'm working on, I'm hoping to put out a book of, of my lyrics because I've got, at last count, about 300 songs that are worthy of, you know, putting out there. But to make, you know, how many albums would that be? Like 12 albums or something, you know, you know or more, 20, <laughs> 20. You know, it would take forever and a lot of money to put that all out as completed records. But yeah. if I can put them just in text form as a, as a lyrics, I'm get out there and get people to at least hear the words, and then if they're interested, I'll have links to maybe a YouTube video or something. So this yeah. is what I've been working on the last couple of months. Are you still friends with uh, Tony DiStefano, I think his name was? Uh, I haven't worked with him in a while, but we did my first two albums with him, and uh, we did a lot of fun. Those are primarily solo albums. The third album was with the Hank Stone Band, and we worked with Bill Ias. I don't know if you know Bill. He's uh, Yeah, I do. Got one foot in bluegrass and the other in prog progressive rock. And uh, oh, wow, you really are all over the place. Some, some nice <laughs> up there. Yeah, yeah uh, that's it. I got a lot of. <laughs> yeah. a lot of um, we're gonna take a short break here. Stick with us. It's time for the happy minute. Uh, I don't have uh, my McNuggets here for this happy minute. We're gonna have to do that on Monday. I'm. I tried, Kira. She's sitting in the background. Hang, ha hang with us for this segment. I think you, you'll enjoy it. And it's a couple of minutes. And then uh, hopefully we'll come back and you play a couple more songs or a song or. Hello, Kiara. Uh, meet Hank. Let me see if I got this right now. No, I'm Hello. doing it wrong. Hello. That's Hank. Hi, Kiara. That, that's Kiara. Anyway, I think <laughs> you're neighbors or, or kind of neighbors. I think you're kind of neighbors in some way. Anyway, I don't. I don't want to get into where you live. But really? I think. I think you're in, in neighbors in some or close enough in the same neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, no nuggets. I tried. I went online. They uh... don't. They don't serve them before ten thirty in the morning. So that's now. I mean, I could probably order them now, but they wouldn't get here in time for the end of the show. So I'm going to have to get them uh, Sunday night and have them prepared. Uh. Uh, it's going to be suck. Eating 20 McNuggets would be bad enough for me. Uh, but having them bought the night before, sit in their fatty grease in the refrigerator and then heat them up the next morning, it's going to be oh. even worse. So That's going to be that part of the challenge for you. Right, it'll be part of the challenge, but does that count with the going to the record because they've been desaturated, saturated, frozen, or, or chilled, then put in a microwave and maybe shrunk a little bit? Will it count for the record? A nugget is a nugget no matter what. Okay, well, I'm going to go for it then. Sunday night, I just sending a reminder myself, go buy some chicken McNuggets and stick them in the refrigerator and kill myself for Tuesday morning, just for you. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, it's all for you. Uh, what do you got for us this, this hour? All right. I will go Happy with, or funny? Um, happy. Happy. Yes. Okay. So according to um, Mirror.com, a Mirror cheetah is so shy 
He's given emotional uh, he's given a, an emotional support dog, and they do everything together. A cheetah. So let's look. A cheetah. Okay. So uh, while cheetahs have unmatched power in the animal world when it comes to their speed, they're actually very sensitive creatures. They can get so anxious about socializing with other animals that they will avoid it at all costs, leading to issues with them securing a mate to continue their bloodline. <clears throat> um, trying to combat their anxiety around other animals, Metro, Metro Richmond Zoo in Virginia introduced their cheetah, Kumbali, to a yellow Labrador retriever, Kago, who has been acting as the cat's emotional support dog. Hmm. So it goes you on know, to say they're inseparable and they do everything together. But you know why they do Cute. everything together? Because why? the dog... The dog is worried that the cat is a cheetah. Yes. And cheetahs <laughs> never prosper. <laughs> right. Cheetahs never prosper, right. Well, that's it. That's an interesting story. Now, uh, I'm surprised to, to hear that. Uh, is this a cheetah trait? Or do you know? Or you know you know about cheetahs? You know about You know everything about cheetahs, don't you? Oh, everything. Everything about I thought cheetahs. so. You, you look like a cheetah expert. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think they're naturally shy animals and they need to be socialized early. So, all right, um, what's the difference between a cheetah and a leopard? Well, cheetahs are smaller in stature. Um, really? They, yeah, cheetahs, you know, they're very small. They don't. Uh, you say you know. Roar. No, I don't know. If I knew, if I knew, I wouldn't be asking these questions. I don't know about cheetahs. Do I look like a cheetah? Do I, am, do I, does it say zoologist on my shirt? No. <laughs> no, leopards are bigger cats. They're more aggressive. Cheetahs are smaller, and they can't roar. They can only meow. I so think. I saw a video the other day on social media where a cheetah was going down to the water to get a fish and an alligator jumped out of the water and grabbed the cheetah into the water and then uh, was going across and somewhere somebody did some fancy editing and then all of a sudden you see the cat pull, pulling the alligator out and eating it, but it was a leopard. So the cheetah, you see a cheetah getting grabbed by the alligator and then you see a leopard uh, getting the best of the alligator and they made it seem like it was the same cat, which is what oh. made me ask that question. Because they did no. look very similar, but somebody pointed out that the, the one who won the fight was a, was a leopard, while the one that was being dragged in by the alligator was a cheetah. No, two different cats. Two different cats, I know, but it fooled me. It fooled me. <laughs> leopard, until, yeah. They say a leopard can't change its spots, but I guess if you a cheetah, maybe you can change <laughs> into a leopard. Aha. Ah, he's a and, cheetah. And cheetahs <laughs> are, are cheese that go crunch, right? Cheese to go crunch, cheetahs, Cheetos. I'm sorry, it's early in the morning. Wow. I'm not on, on. This is not my. This is not my type thirty, by the way. Uh, anyway, well, thank you for that. We we appreciate that. Uh, this segment was brought to you by Fiber, where you can get almost anything done except the news. Oh, for five dollars. <laughs> Links in the description. Click the the, oh, the link in the description. Uh, what do you got planned for the weekend? You got a big weekend coming up. Nothing with the band. I don't know. I mean, uh, nothing with the band, obviously. The the weather's just so crappy lately. I don't know really what to do. Well, uh, the weather is fine. The weather is fine. Ask, ask Hank Stone. Ask Hank Stone. Because he, he will tell you, John, the weather is fine. John, the weather is fine. 
<laughs> anyway, Hank is a great songwriter and uh, a singer-songwriter here from Long Island, from your neighborhood. You should go see him when, uh, whenever you can. Check him out. Uh, Hank, do you got a website now? Hankstone.net still up? I kind of lost all... I lost my uh, domain name, so I'm, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on uh, uh, YouTube. Yeah, most I'll people are using Facebook to, to kind of uh, get their, their stuff out now. So, Anyway, uh, we appreciate you being here. That was a fun, happy minute. I'm glad to learn about cheetahs and leopards and things that go, wow. <laughs> Have a good weekend. Uh, talk to Bye-bye. you Bye-bye. Bye for now. Kiero with the happy minute. Um, are you happy now? I'm not so happy about that whole cheetah <laughs> getting a Labrador pet support dog. I don't know. It didn't well, make me happy. Everybody's got a support dog. I mean, my we, our dog is not officially a support dog, but he definitely supports us. <laughs> uh, I'm a I'm a support dog myself. I'm here to support you. The mine dog is your support dog. dog. I feel supported. <laughs> I feel. <laughs> so uh that was that john the weather is fine john uh lennon was trending this morning and i thought of that song i don't know why he was mm. trending on twitter uh that was i thought of that immediately since you were going to be on the program as soon as i saw john Maybe lennon because trending. give peace a chance or something you know but... yeah <laughs> um so uh you're going to play another song for us what do you, you got you got sure a, since you mentioned that song i may as well play that song Let's cool uh, that... remember what key to play because i wrote it down here and then been playing it. Yeah, I think I can do it down here. I actually wrote this um, about two months after John was taken from us, uh, you know, December of uh, 1980. And then um, I had tickets to go see uh, the Beetle Fest over in New Jersey. And so, like, four of us went over from our band, you know. And uh, it was very uh, gruesome time because we were watching, we got to see How I Won the War, the movie that John made, and uh, we had never seen that before. So, and he gets shot in that, so that was very sobering. But uh, on the way back, we were pretty quiet in the Volkswagen and coming across the rivers. And uh, in my mind, I started writing a song. It came up, turned out to be John, the weather's fine. It's for John Lennon. Guess you found the peace we wanted What a price to pay When all the pain you struggled years to conquer Came back to haunt us in a single day Now, as we stand before your castle Candles in the rain Singing all the wise and loving songs you gave us our common voices seem to ease the pain Crying out loud in the rain I don't mind Wherever your dreams shine The weather is fine John, 
When we were looking for a star that we could follow You came to bear the crosses and the mirrors Now we walk alone And our hearts are hollow Now I hope you've heard our thoughts of grief and sorrow As we stood our vigil silent in the meadow And you saw all of us imagining tomorrow Crying out loud in the rain I don't mind Wherever your dreams shine The weather's fine Crying out loud in the rain I don't mind Wherever your dreams shine The weather is fine Amazing that uh, when I think about it, that song is now 41 years old or so, and you, you can still play it. I can't. If somebody asked me to play one of my songs from 41 years ago, there's no <laughs> way I would even get close to I'd be fumbling through it and saying, uh, I'd have to stop and say, oh, wait a minute. That's not right. <laughs> Great memory you have. Uh, um, that That's a, a, a challenge. So you got to be, you have to have had, played that song is that one of the ones that you play every once in a while because there's no way you would remember exactly I right play it pretty much pretty often i think you know and people always post things on his, his celebration of you know the anniversary of his birth and his death date so i'll usually be, either bring up a an old video to post up about it or or i'll just if i have a show near that time i'll sing it then and i'll do it just to keep and keep, keep up on it because actually you know it's it's not a I'm not that tired of it because back in the day I played it for myself, but I wasn't playing out a lot for the first 20 years or so <laughs> until like 2001. I didn't really come out and play much. So, uh, wow. Know, I have this song well done. I know it well. So I was eager to bring it out to, to show people. And, uh, so it's still kind of like that. Interesting. Uh, now do you still keep in touch with all, all those people from the Yahoo group, music groups day, the Long Island, what was uh, Rich Hughes' group, the Long Island Music? Yeah, Long Island what? Music, uh, co- uh, some, see, something. L-A-M-C. Coalition, right? Coalition, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> musical. Yeah, and there were video shows. You did some, uh, some, I don't know if it was on cable, but you did, you recorded a lot of stuff. Right, yeah. Uh, A lot of those uh, videos I have in a box somewhere, but I don't have a machine that is capable of playing them to digitize them. This is, I lost so much uh, content over the years, going back to that whole, you know, stuff on tape, stuff in in boxes, stuff on hard drives, stuff on compact disc stuff, and it's hard to retrieve that stuff. It's a shame how much good content got lost on that stuff. Yours? I have some old... 
I yeah. had some old audio tapes of um, I was making. I had a four track machine back in the seventies, and I was making some experimental stuff. And they're still sitting there, but I'm you know the tape that old. Right. You have to be gentle with it. You have to maybe they say you have to bake it or something. And uh, right. Um, that's another project. You know, find out how to deal with that. Yeah, digital stuff, digitize it. But even that, so I, I had the, that idea when my tape started to fall apart. Digitize it, put it on CD, and then I found out that CD is not a permanent storage. Uh, after right. years, you go to play CD-ROMs that you burn, and they uh, corrupt or whatever. And, oh, man, I yeah. thought this stuff was going to be permanent. Now I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's a lesson, right? We learned we're, nothing is uh, forever. <laughs> nothing is forever. It's a very sad thing. So do you, you keep in touch with some of those people? I, I mentioned Frank Walker. Is he, you know, I was. He's still out and about. He's done some uh, videos lately, like when they did the tributes for people. I think there was, um, you know, uh, one of the women that he sang with, uh, oh, I'm, uh, I'm terrible to forget her name. Ramona, Ramona Spoonie. Oh, she yeah. She passed away a year or two ago. And they did a tribute for her. He's done some videos like that and uh, the Spoon Harry Chapin walk. stuff. He he still they still do the Harry Chapin tribute over in uh, Eisenhower Park every year. I did not know that. Wow, yeah, uh, not, I'm Stuart out of Marcus the loop. Has been running that. Hmm? I'm out of the loop. I don't see anything about that stuff because <laughs> I would definitely go to the Harry Chapin stuff. That you know. That's, yeah, well, well, I'll I'll remind you. Usually it's in July. They'll have it uh, on a Monday or something in, in uh, Eisenhower Park. You know, the place where Harry was supposed to play when he was killed. Right. So, uh, and uh, yeah, Frank Walker is one of the biggest Harry Chapin fans around. So, yeah, he, he's. Uh, he I, I remember him as Jeremy one of the Gilchrist. Biggest. Remember Jeremy? Yeah, he moved to North Carolina, right? Yeah. Is he and, still uh, there? He got married. He's been doing stuff. Uh, he's been doing. Uh, in fact, I just found two years ago, right at the beginning of the pandemic, it was one of the first zooms we did. They did an open mic with a bunch of people from the Pisces Cafe. Long gone, but we had a whole bunch. We all went, and I just found the video again. It was fun to see all these people, and uh, one of the first zooms we did, so it was a little shaky. But so he's yeah. still out and about and right recording. You know, uh, who else? Toby, we mentioned Toby, Rory Kelly, and uh, Christine Sweeney, young women that are doing well in their uh, getting out there playing regularly. Professional musicians, shall I say, because they're making money doing it. <laughs> Right. Robin Eve was doing a television show on uh, Strong Island Television with Donnie Prager, who I just met after the pandemic, uh, who passed away recently. But she was doing a television show with him. I don't know if she's still uh, active in the music scene herself, actually out there performing. But I see her posts, but I don't see anything about music much. You know. Yeah. D did you know well, Donnie? She did a record. She did a record with Tony DiStefano a couple of years ago. She did. You know, he produced it, and it was a good one. Then. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so is he still actively producing? It's funny because uh, he was a, he was a kid back in those days, but now twenty years later, he's an old man like the rest of us. <laughs> well, he'd probably be happy to hear you say he was a kid because I think he's almost almost as old as us. But uh, he's um, he did a recent thing. He's doing a he did a, a whole album of sea shanties in a rock and roll style. <laughs> Wow. He had some some members of uh, Blue Oyster Cult and, and working on it with him, and it's a lot of fun. It's called um, the Blackstrap Yarn Spinners, and the wow. record's called Sea Shanty Agogo. It's a lot of fun. They just rocked up all these old uh, sea shanties, and oh, I love that stuff. Uh, you know, it'd be hard to get. Uh, I don't know where you find that stuff even. 
see shanties. <laughs> where do you, where do you YouTube. find? YouTube. Yeah, YouTube, <laughs> I guess. Um, so I, I'm, with the YouTube stuff, is your YouTube, are you doing a lot of kind of posting of uh, original material or do you not do that? I, I go through some uh, spells of doing it and then I'll lay off for a while. But I, there, if you look on me on YouTube, I'll, I'll probably I'll send you a link and, but uh, there's some stuff. It's very haphazard. I'll do like a, a, a random a, a version of a new song that's not finished yet, and then I'll do uh, a finished story. I'm trying to work out software to get stuff recorded in a better shape, you know, myself. You know, right. Quality demos and uh, playing around with stuff. Oh, I do even doing like electronic things. I'm playing around a bit like a mad scientist. <laughs> really? Uh, that's the last thing I share something. That's that's the last thing I would expect to hear from you as you're gone electronica. <laughs> you care to hear something electronic? I can I can play it real quick if you want. Me yeah, to sure. Let me see if I can find this. Oh, I got a little echo there. Echo. Share screen. Let me find. Uh, okay. Now I just got to find the right screen to share. Hoping the system crashes. I got to do this. Let's see. What's the thing I want to play? Oh, let me find this one here. This is the one I want. I think it'll open up. Oh, my. Might not play through the system this way. Let me see if I can find the damn thing. What are we trying to do here? Oh, here it comes. All right, we're getting there. Let me get to this one. Now, how are you doing this? This is... This is uh, <laughs> how are you doing this? You know, do you have like some loopback kind of system? There was, a, or there was a button that said share screen, so I, I did that, and then I can just oh. go into my if I can just find the right thing now. There we go. Yeah. We're not really hearing it. Nope. Yeah, we're not really hearing it. Not very loud. You're not hearing it? No, it's not loud. It's very in, in the distance. All right, let me see what I can do here. All right. I, hmm, I didn't even know you had a share screen on your end. That's interesting. I. Yeah, but maybe I didn't get the right permissions or something. But yeah. Anyway. Ah, uh, well, that's, that's a damn shame. Damn shame. Well, you can always send it to me. I will play it on, a, on another broadcast and be happy to do that. So uh, you got anything coming up, anything you're working on, any any gigs coming up or appearances coming up in the near future? Well, I'm glad day? you asked because <laughs> it's starting to get busy, which is nice. Actually, tomorrow evening I'm playing a show, but it's sold out, which is I've never seen be able to say that before. But it's a very small venue. There's only about you know less than 20 people fit in there so uh we got enough people there's even a waiting list so uh and i'll be doing a, maybe about an hour and a half of all original stuff and i'm looking forward to that and then sunday we're doing a, a benefit for ukraine uh online uh about eight of us ten i think ten ten singer songwriters including linda sussman and uh ben diamond and uh oh a bunch of us were uh that's going to be three o'clock i'll send you a link to that too um we got um and then they're doing a big show out in Riverhead. I'm not part of that, out of the Suffolk Theater in Riverhead with some big names. 
in the evening. So everybody's pitching in to get some help over to Ukraine. You know, uh, uh, what else is coming up? Hmm? Uh, I was just going to ask you, like, how does this work? So with the uh, benefit that you're doing online, uh, everybody's in their own lo different location and one person. Yeah. We're going to be doing on StreamYard like we're doing now. Interesting. Uh, that So that could be, that's hard to manage. But then, uh, so I guess they have some kind of a donate right online type of mechanism yeah, set up. I think up. they're going to have a, a QR code and everything so you can just, you know. Right. right Do on. you know who the money goes to? Is it like. I've forgotten. I, I know I got all this. That's the difficult thing with me with all these kind of fundraisers. Like, I would love to be able to help out uh, people in Ukraine, but uh is it going to the government because they'll probably ne the people who need it will never see it is it going to well, the, what organization all those kind of things you know i hate to do it and waste time waste people's money get people to donate and then it never really gets to the people these are my my biggest concerns with doing fundraisers and that, you know well, that goes back I, to remember uh, the concert for bangladesh it took like 10 15 years before any of that money got released yeah, terrible, but they they figured out how to do a lot of these benefits. Uh, two groups that I uh, have supported in the past was uh, Doctors Without Borders, because they do stuff around the world, and, and I remember researching them years ago. That a lot of, a lot of the money goes straight to doing good stuff. There's not a lot of administrative costs. Yeah, and, great um, cause, great cause. This chef, I forget the name, the guy that goes and goes out and sets up kitchens and feeds people. He's doing good work too. So, so you know, do a little research and find. You know where your money does the best, gets the best bang for your buck. You know. I uh, yeah, I agree. And you know what? Uh, back to I had a guest on my evening show last night. This was really she wrote. Uh, her book is out now. It's called uh, Sunflowers Beneath the Snow. Right. She wrote started writing the book two years ago. It just came out the day that woman from Ukraine was uh, going around. That video was went viral about the woman telling the Russian soldiers, put these sunflower seeds on. So when you die in the snow melts, there'll be something, <laughs> which is incredible. And I'm like, are you psychic mm -hmm. or is that just good luck that your book came it's, out? You hate to take advantage of something like that, but that's kismet synchronicity. I don't know what to call it, but yeah. it's good fortune. <laughs> Uh, we got a couple minutes uh, left. You want to play one? Oh, can you play one more song? Sure, I'll play another song. Let me just think. What can I play quickly? I think. Uh, uh, okay. This one is fairly new, and you might appreciate the title. It's called "Temporary Sanity." <laughs> <laughs> Tommy took a walk down by the harbor He came face to face with the morning sun Passing people, walking dogs and launching boats Tommy tipped his hat to everyone And they asked him, why do you feel so good today? Why do you feel so good today? Temporary sanity is all he had to say. Temporary sanity is all he had to say.
next door to the bank, the gang was drilling. EDM show upstairs, mask the noise. Susie grabbed her phone and dialed the sheriff. SWAT team came and rounded up the boys. And they asked her, why did you blow the whistle now? Oh, Susie, why did you blow the whistle now? Temporary sanity, it just felt right somehow. Temporary sanity, it just felt right somehow. Burning fossil fuels forever It ain't in the Bible But surely it's a sin We're gonna take a few million species With us when we go We are carbon based But carbon's gonna do us in So tell me when will we change Our wasteful ways when will we change our wasteful ways? Temporary sanity is bound to bring better days. <laughs> Temporary sanity bound to bring better days. Long overdue sanity bound to bring better days. Awesome. Yeah, uh, you know what? That that's awesome. That is more country than folk. Uh, and but I, I love the song and, and the message in there. Very good stuff. Um, you know, just before I let you go, because I forget who I, I was in the basement tapes. One of those guys commentary on the basement tapes, and he was talking. And I never even realized this that folk music was always the music of uh, the left and country music was very conservative and when dylan went to nashville it was kind of like raising uh, a lot of eyebrows about the co the crossover between folk and country and all that stuff you, you must have known about that so i know i was never really aware of the political leanings of different genres were you um i think in a way you could say it was conservative but in the good old conservative, like you know, you when when uh, the Carter family, you know, A. P. Carter would go walking across to a different mountain to collect songs. He wasn't being, he was being conservative in a good sense. He's trying to preserve these old songs, you know, and bring them out to people. And uh, uh, you know, yeah, he had family values, but it wasn't always, it wasn't a political kind of, you know, you know, rah rah rah, America right or wrong kind of thing. It was just, you know. It kind of got politicized that way, I think, in the in the industry. You know, if you remember the movie Nashville, yeah, Robert Altman, and uh, yeah, he plays out a lot of that political stuff there. You know, when the hippies were coming up, you know, absolutely, and the old yeah. the old guard in Nashville was like, ah, America, you know, 
You yeah, I remember John Denver getting flack for winning an award with the Country Music Association because they were like, he's a folky, he's not a country guy. Uh, yeah. uh, the guy, uh, I forget his name, Charlie, Charlie something, the white hair guy who uh, don't, uh, Lord, uh, no one knows what goes on behind called George Charlie something. You know, oh, yeah. you know, anyway, he's, he was drunk and know. he was at the awards and he was cursing out John Denver for being uh. a <laughs> one of these liberal folkies. He's not a country guy, not a real country guy. He doesn't deserve this award. And it was really weird stuff back in the day. Mm. Anyway, I appreciate you being here. It's good to catch up and, and hear your stuff. And I hope people will, will follow you, find you on Facebook. I will put the link in the description to make it easy for people. Thanks for coming, Hank. It's been great. Uh, Thanks catching for inviting up. me, and I had a great time. And Keep going. You're doing a right. good thing. I enjoyed this a lot. Well, we'll see you again. Bye for now. Thanks for coming. Hank Stone, folks, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Friday after Friday morning. Uh, looking forward to a weekend. Are you looking forward to the weekend? We made it through another week. Uh, good stuff there. Um, anyway, appreciate everybody being here. Happy birthday to our friend Doug Stanhope, uh, 55 years old today. I remember when I turned 55, it was a major celebration because I thought I'd be dead at 54. I was, uh, my brother and I both were under the illusion that our family was cursed. Every male in our family had died at 54 years old. <laughs> and so 55 was our. I won moment, and so uh, I, Tom Canapke had written about this morning about when Doug turned 50, and he said, I win. I relate to that, but with my 55th birthday, and today is Doug's 55th birthday. So happy happy birthday, uh, Mr. Stanhope. Appreciate everybody coming uh, today. I'll be back with you Monday for more. I don't, I don't have a Mind Dog TV podcast this evening because I'm taking off Fridays from now until the end of October because gig it's gig season. Time to get out there and play music live, so I won't be doing any uh uh, broadcasting tonight so i'll see you monday morning for uh more of the mind dog coffee with the dog i want to say mind dog tv podcast always anyway until then always remember to turn on your radio this episode that's that's cola coffee i should play cola coffee anyway but turn on your radio
to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.